We'll talk briefly about faith. Get my glasses out first. Hang on. Uh, faith and healing. And we're doing this series on, on faith. Hang on a minute. Faith is absolutely essential to healing. Faith is absolutely essential to healing. Without faith, the healing, the restoration, the sozo word, is not activated. It's not that faith makes it happen. It's not that faith makes it be present. That's Jesus. What Jesus has done by the cross, because it's by his stripes we are healed. Strange, isn't it? You grow up on the NIV and you still end up quoting the King James. But never mind. Sorry. By his wounds we have been healed. And it's the cross that brings healing. Primarily, spiritual healing, salvation. First things first. Then physical healing, emotional healing. He's healed every iniquity, sin, every weakness, asthenos, that which is weak within us. So that's our inner healing of our psyche. And he's healed our infirmities, physical. The cross has healed spirit, mind, body. Humor. Psyche. Soma. <laughs> Do I even I had to stop and think there? I had to remember, remember which word I was going to use. And remember the body, flesh, is not the word that's normally translated flesh. The body in scripture is soma. It's the physical body. The flesh, when the Bible uses the word flesh, it normally means that fallen nature. And the Greek word is zarx. It means that bit of us which is just... <laughs> And that, our Zarks doesn't need healing, our Zarks needs cutting away. It's the wrong attitudes, the wrong thoughts, the wrong habits, the wrong this, that, and the next thing. And they don't need healing, they need cutting away. And walking in the opposite spirit, to use our phraseology. And sometimes when we cut those things away, it's drastic and it's painful. You know, people who have had cancers cut from their body. And then gone on to live for years and years and years. Um, it's, it's a radical operation. It's a radical surgery. And actually that's what the Lord wants for us. He's done the fundamental radical surgery. We are born again. And ha before, hands up who's become a Christian in the last 20 years. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. But hey! Hello, they're all waving at me now, look over there, that's great. That's because none of you are 20, are you? That's the thing, isn't it? that's what makes the difference. Yeah. So, before you became a Christian, was what Jesus had done for you enough? You all look at me if you go, this must be a trick question, he always asks me. No, I'm being, I'll warn you if it's a trick question. What did, was the sacrifice that he made 2,000 years ago and the reality of the re resurrection, was that enough to save you even before you were born? Even before you were born again? Okay. What made the difference from it going from 
it's enough to it being effective? Faith. It's as simple as that. It's, it's by grace we are saved, free gift. But by faith, we take hold of that gift. It's not a work. It's still a gift of faith because the Lord is still drawing us to himself. But we have to take hold of it. How long were you in church before you became a Christian? 18 years. There you go. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Let's use the old phrase, any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. See, you haven't, some of you haven't heard that one, have you? That's an old one, isn't it? That's Keith Green back in 1977. That's a long time ago, that one. When McDonald's was new, you know. <laughs> or new in this country, anyway. But going to church doesn't make you a Christian. If you're a Christian, where will you go on a Sunday morning? There you go. Because you want to be with people and worship. But it's always, the, to quote a phrase, it's the line of causality that matters. Does A cause B or does B cause A? Being a Christian brings you to church. Being in church doesn't bring you to faith. Though hopefully it might. If the person at the front preaches the gospel and everybody else witnesses to you, then you might come to faith. That, that would be really, really good. Did your church for 18 years bring you to faith? No. Why not? <laughs> they didn't preach the gospel. They didn't, so, to, they didn't introduce me to Jesus. Even better. Same difference. Because you can preach the gospel in many, many different ways. It's not just the vicar. You know, they didn't... You know. So, what made the difference is your faith taking hold of what is already yours. Jesus, for millennia, two millennia before you were born, was going, this is here for Kathy. I'm just going to wait. And this is here for Kathy. And then eventually, Kathy. God, I, thought, I thought we were going to be there a while. Yeah, eventually she took hold. And then what's the point of taking hold? Come on. It, it's to be led, isn't it? It's to be taken on the journey. Thank you, sorry. You can tell I've not warned anybody this morning, honey. But that's the point, isn't it? Do what you did to start with and say where you are. If Jesus is doing this and you're not moving, what's going to happen? And it's not him that lets go. It's you that lets go because you don't want to move. I like it just the way it is. Well, some of you would never come to church then, would you? Because you, you weren't in church and you to like it just the way it is is so where you are. Faith is absolutely key to activating the reality of what God has done. So does God need to do something to heal you? No. By his wounds, stripes, we are healed. What has he done to heal you? Died on the cross. He's taken it all. So everything you need to live this godly and holy life is already yours. Everything that the cross has made possible is already there for you. Before you were a Christian, it was already there for you. When you became a Christian, it got put into your storehouses. It got put into you. It got put into you. In fact, everything you need is God himself, isn't it? 
Sorry, if I go down there, I'm preaching behind you, and I apologise for that. You want a stiff neck, Fred? Sorry about that. Um, everything's within you. I'm looking around, and I, I don't know. I think everybody here is born again. If, if you're not, first things first, take hold of that. Take hold of that reality. Jesus has died for you. He loves you. Take hold of that. Oh, but I've been in church for years. Have you ever invited Jesus into you rather than you go into church? Oh, I don't know. Well, do it. Well, how do I do it? It's very simple, you know. Lord, I invite you into my life. Sorry for ignoring you. Please come into my life. Is that it? Yep. That's the point. It's a simple gospel. It's a simple gospel that's cost God everything in Jesus on the cross. It's a simple gospel that has cost Jesus his life. It's a simple gospel that made he that was without sin to become sin for us. It's a simple gospel that means everything. So if we sit here and go, I don't know if God can heal me, we deny the simple gospel. Ouch. Does God heal today? Does he use the medics? Does he use medicine? Yes. Can he do it? Bang, in the moment? Yes. All of it, please. Let's not deny any of it. All of it. The problem is, it's so easy for us. I might get to my notes in a minute. The problem is, it's so easy for us to go, oh yes, God heals. How long you believe God heals, Fred? That long, see? <laughs> That's a really good number, that one. <laughs> yeah? We believe it. We've been believing it for a while. Will he do it for you? Will he do it for you? Will, will he do it for me? Oh, well, God heals. But I'm a, re I'm a wrong and I'm, I'm really bad. I, I don't deserve healing. Well, news, you didn't deserve saving either. But he saved you because he loves you. So if he saved you, do you deserve healing? In the same way that you don't deserve anything but you, because he's chosen to. The healing is there for you to take. Hmm. What we got? The faith you need is the size of a mustard seed. Which is... Do you know why they use the mustard seed thing in the scripture? Because it's the smallest seed they knew of at the time. Just trying to use the faith, the smallest thing you could possibly conceive the size of. That's how little faith you need. The truth you know will set you free. It's about inhabiting that truth. God can heal. God does heal. Therefore, God will heal. Can he? Oh, yes. Does he? Anybody got evidence that he, God heals? Yeah? Recently? Yeah? What's he done? Sorry, if I stay here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm Marion, if you don't know who I am. And in January, I burnt my feet really badly. And I started getting better, and then they took me into hospital and decided I'd have to have skin grafts. In fact, Donald was here doing chairs, I think. They just said, basically, you'll, we'll just bandage your feet up for the weekend and on Monday we'll give you skin grafts, but we can't say definitely until Monday morning. 
So I think everyone prayed here for me. And I prayed myself as well, my own in, church, uh, in um, hospital. And then on the Monday morning, they said, they undid the bandages and they said, no, you're not going to need skin grafts, which was absolutely awesome. But then they still carried on saying, but this, 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 and this. And it has taken quite a long time to get completely better. But they were saying, you'll have to come back to the scar clinic because you get like layers of skin. And if you don't take them off by laser, then um, your feet will kind of curl up. So you won't be able to walk properly as you go on. So the appointment was meant to be in April. NHS, very busy, hadn't had it. They phoned me up the other day and said, oh, it's about time you came into the scar clinic. I haven't actually got any scars at all. And I said to them, oh, I just thought you'd forgotten me. It's fine. And I have no scars at all. So there's no point in going. I didn't know the last bit. No, well, I Thank you. That. There you go. I knew the first bit, didn't know the last bit. That's, that's, that's wonderful. We've got testimony after testimony of God healing. God, do, God do, can heal. Does he heal? Absolutely. Is he healing what you want him to heal right now? Maybe not. Probably to do with the receiver rather than the transmitter. You know? If the transmitter's perfect, the receiver is probably where the issue might be. You know? Or there could be interference on the line, of course. The enemy gets in the way. Faith is required to activate healing. We are going into scripture, I promise. And here's the key truth, Ephesians 2, 1 to 5. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Where, where does Satan live? I asked this one on Wednesday, didn't I? Where does Satan live? Here. Satan doesn't, Satan's dominion is not hell. Hell is Satan's destination where he's going to be destroyed. So he doesn't live in hell and pop out for a bit to have a go around. He lives on the earth. And he's prince of this world. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That's not just those outside of Christ. That's those who are disobedient. Just leave that one hanging. Is there anything the Lord said to you I haven't? Anyway, moving on, quick. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And now this verse, verse 6. We've got it in two different versions. Oh, oh, oh right. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Or in the King James. Verse 6. And, and hath raised us up. Let's, let's do five. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. In the New King James it says, and has raised us up together making us to sit together in heavenly praises, and has raised us up. This is the truth we need to get hold of this morning. He has raised us up. So that's going to happen when we die, isn't it? Why are you shaking your heads? Are we not going to be raised when we die? Well, yes, but what does it say? Talk to me. Has raised us up. And that is the form of language. 
past tense. It's the past tense. Ooh. And we use the past tense when we're talking about things that have happened. When you were born again, you were raised with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly realms. Where's your home? Heaven. We are, again, let's use the King James, we are sojourners. We are pilgrims in this world. So why the heck do we cling to it so much? Why does it matter if Liverpool win this afternoon? Don't say that to Johnny. Why does it matter whether we can get to the proms this year? Why does it matter X, Y, and Z? In our spiritual lives, why does it matter that we worship at the beacon? It doesn't. The sooner we're out of here, the better. And you lot won't be in pews anymore. <laughs> Basically, that's what you said. Apart from you at the front. Well done. You lot are in pews. We want the freedom to be flexible. Then let's get rid of the pews. Oh, no, we can't. We really, really can't get rid of these pews. The ones in church. We are raised with Christ. Nothing in that sense on this planet matters. Even though it does, of course, because we, we journey through life. But if we could understand that we live from above and not from below, you started that when you started worship. We are from above. We are raised with him. So to live from above, do you, do you believe it? We, I'm glad because it says it in the scripture. So if you didn't believe it, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? So when you believe it, you've got to then know it. And remember, the, it's gnosko. It's not gnosko. Know it. It's oida. Know it. It's not head knowledge. It's heart experience. Do you live? Are you raised with Christ? Do you live from above? Yes. Are you sure? Shall we, you don't have to shout, just, do you live from above? Yes. Confident. I live from above. I live from above. I live from above. I've not had um, COVID. And I've had somebody in my ear for the last few, last few weeks going, no, you might have done, you might just not have had symptoms. Actually, get behind me, Satan. I'm not having that. I have not had COVID. I'm not saying I'm never going to get it, but I've not had it. And I believe part of it, because the Lord said to me at the beginning, you're not going to get it. And secondly, he said, pray, remember you live from above. So every day I pray, Lord, thank you that I am already raised in my spirit. Help me to live from above in my psyche, in my emotions and my imagination, and Lord, I choose to live from above in my physical. And guess what doesn't exist in the, in the heavens? COVID. So I'm not having it. Please, if you've had COVID, I'm not saying you've got less faith or anything like that. It's my revelation, which I haven't shared for two and a half years. Because it was my revelation. In fact, I shared it with one person. Didn't I? Yeah? I told Ruth right at the beginning. April, April 2020, I said, the Lord's told, I think, I whispered it, I think, I think the Lord, I think the Lord's told me I'm not going to get COVID. And two and a half years on, I'm going to go, no, the Lord's told me 
I'm not going to get COVID. number of places I've been where I should have. But that, nag, 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 well, you might just be asymptomatic. You might have been, not having it. Not having it. It takes the faith away. And you get that. You all get that. Please, I'm not having a go at medics here and all the rest of it, because medics need to give you sensible diagnosis. They will never tell you how long, because that's right as well. But they've got to be... But sometimes if you're standing in faith for something and a medical person has gone, not sure that it, it doesn't help the faith thing, please don't stop telling the truth. <laughs> please keep... Oh, no, you've, you've stopped telling the truth. He's retired. But I'm not... Medics have got to do what they've got to do, and they've got to do it within their context. I'm not having a go there. But sometimes if the Lord says something to you and it contradicts what the medics say, that's a battle because we trust the experts. And I'm not part of the generation that says don't trust experts. Of course we've got to. What's the point in making experts if we don't trust them, for goodness sake? But the Lord knows. Faith activates everything and it's because we are raised together in heavenly places. What we've got to do, therefore, is discern. We've got to discern. When we pray for healing, we've got to discern what's going on. How do we discern what's going on? If we lack wisdom, what are we supposed to do? Ask for it. So how do we discern? If I'm... Looks for somebody who's well. I don't, Sean, I don't know if you're ill or what. Or whether, you're well. Good. Right. So let's pretend Sean's not well. I'm about to pray for him. I've got to find out whether this illness, which isn't there, is physical, purely, or is it spiritual, or most of the time, what's the mixture of both that's going on? Because there's normally a physical problem, but the enemy's using it. Okay? How do I do it? I, I have to ask, Lord, what's happening here? What's going on? Is this physical? If it's purely physical, be healed in Jesus' name. If it's purely spiritual and it's, and it's a, an oppressing spirit, out in Jesus' name. It's deliverance, it's not healing. If it's both, it's out and be healed in Jesus' name. And you, you listen on the hoof, you listen as you go. What do I do? Do I spit in his eyes? Shall we try that? No, maybe not. You know, what about, um, there's a guy, John Lake used to do this. There's a guy in America does it every now and again. You know, you got a cancer there? Right. And these guys punch. And they've seen the cancers come out and land on the table. Now, I've got to be absolutely certain that's what the Lord's saying to me before I punch anybody. You know? Even Even you. <laughs> How do they know to do that? Because they're getting revelation. So we've got to discern, and the first thing, the way to discern is to ask. Acts 10:38 says this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. The problem is, even when it's a physical healing, that is still under the dominion of Satan. Why does sickness exist in the world? The fall. We're not designed to be sick. It's a result of the fall. And all of us 
are fading away in whatever ways. All of us are under that fall. It's rubbish, isn't it? When we see someone we love who's a shell of the person they used to be, it breaks my heart. When we see somebody struggling to do what they're supposed to do. I can't believe the number of times I've read over the last four or five weeks sports people in their 30s and 40s dying. Super fit. Really professionally fit sports people just retired, bang. And they die. But wow. If being super fit means I'm going to, maybe I won't be super, anyway, moving on. But do you know what I mean? It, does being super fit make you immune to these things? No. Does being super healthy make you immune to these things? No. Now, be fit, be healthy. But trust God. Trust God. Satan is behind it all. It's the fallen order of things. Jesus came to restore this, but there is a battle. Is the problem physical? Well, you need releasing from Satan's hold, but it's a healing release. Is it oppression? Satan comes to kill and to destroy. So be free in Jesus' name. Is it both will be healed and be free? We can do it, can't we? Ask the Lord, Father, what are you doing here? And there's the odd occasion when he says, I'm not healing. But he wants to heal all the time, doesn't he? Yep. But there's still the odd occasion he says, I'm not healing. And then you realize, actually, there's something else going on. And that person you're praying for needs to deal with some unforgiveness or deal with bitterness in their heart or whatever it is. There's something blocking the healing. It's not that God doesn't want to, but he knows there's other things that need dealing with. And if he just healed, they wouldn't get sorted. Where? Cancer so often is rooted in bitterness. Not always, but so often. There's a bitter root to it. Um, and dealing with that is... Think about it. Dealing with that is just as important as the physical. And if you can get both... It's wonderful. It's wonderful. We need courage. And we're going to stand in a minute and we're going to take communion together. This, this is all pre-consecrated. Consecrated before you all arrived. And taking communion can be a healing act. We take of the body and the blood that Jesus reminds us. And that there can be healing in just taking communion. There can be, and we're going to have some people out the front anointing with oil. There can be healing when you come to those and you get. And what we're going to do is those places to come for anointing for healing are not the place to go. And you never guess what? And the doctor said this, and I've got this under me, and I've got that under. And, no, it's just you stand before the people. Now, those who are praying, if you get a word and speak it out, if you don't, just we're going to call forth healing. But what we're going to do before we get there is to call forth three different things. 
We're going to call forth light to expel the darkness, truth to extinguish the lies, and life to overcome the spirit of death. Satan uses that spirit of death in this world. Every bit of infirmity is due to the presence of the spirit of death. That's what Satan wants. He wants to kill and destroy. That's the spirit of death. He wants to kill ministry. He's desperately trying to kill our church by giving everybody better things to do on a Sunday or making them really upset about what's going on on a Sunday or whatever it is. Let's focus on Jesus. Let's tell the spirit of death to away get out of here and embrace the life John Lake put it like this the life of God the spirit of God the nature of God are sufficient for every need of man recognize that this is from John uh, John G Lake sermon in the highest sense of the word he is a real Christian whose body soul and spirit alike are filled with the life of God recognize that Healing in any department of the nature, whether spirit, soul, or body, is but a means to an end. The object of healing is health, abiding health of body, soul, and spirit. The healing of the spirit unites the spirit of man to God forever. The healing of the soul corrects psychic, that doesn't, please, ancient language, that means psychological. Okay, not, not weird new age stuff, quick to say that. Um, the healing of the soul corrects psychic disorder and brings the soul processes into harmony with the mind of God. And the healing of the body completes the union of man with God when the Holy Spirit possesses all. Three circles. Holy Spirit dwells in the middle. We want to see the whole pushing out into the body. And this is what John G. Lake experienced. I said to them, gentlemen... I want to see one more thing. You go down into your hospital and bring a man who has inflammation in the bone. So they brought up a man with inflammation in his bone. I said, you take your instrument and attach it to the fellow's leg. The instrument is a, um, not a microphone. What's the other thing? A microscope. That's the word. Not listening, but seeing. Take your microscope. Um, they brought up a man. Take your instrument, attach it to the leg, but you leave enough space to get my hand on his leg. You can have it attached on both sides. So when this thing was all ready, I put my hand on that man's shin and I prayed just like Mother Etta prays. No strange prayer, but the cry of my heart to God. I said, God, kill the devilish business by the power of God. Let it live in him, the power, and let it move in him. Then I said, gentlemen, what's taking place? They said, every cell responds. All there is to it is that the life of God comes back into the part that is afflicted. And right away the blood flows in and the work is done. That it is that simple. It's about, do you carry the life of God? Yes. So it's allowing the life of God that you already carry to flow into every part. That's what healing is about. It's not some magical words. It's not some, go find the healing evangelist or the person with the anointing or all that stuff. That's why there are gifts of healing. It's plural. Just let the power, the life of God, that already dwells. Okay. Now we have choices. You know? I ask for the Lord. If you want, if you want, the, um, if you want the two quotes, I can send them out. I'll put them on the, email, uh, the parish, the rector's email next week if you want. Just, just 
so you've got them. Get hold of John Jay. There's a book. It's, I think it's just called John G. Lake. It's his collected works. edited by Kenneth Copeland. I wouldn't suggest you read anything by Kenneth Copeland because he's a bit prosperity gospel stuff out there. But this is good. Nice thing. You can hold the end of the bed up with this book. But it's full of sermons of two or three pages. So it's not a huge read, even though it's his collected works. Have a go. We still have choices to make. I pray every day, Lord, to teach me to live from above. And I'm not as thin as Jonathan because I make bad choices. Do you see what I mean? So I have those choices to make. Plus we've got a different frame and we're built slightly differently as well. But I'm not jealous, honest. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? We still have choices. We have choices whether to walk or not to walk, whether to eat well or not to eat well, and all that stuff. But... The key is to let the life of God flow through us. I think me not getting COVID is linked to me being healed from asthma and hay fever and all that respiratory stuff 17 years ago. I think that's the link because I experienced that healing and COVID is a respiratory disease in that sense. Am I okay with that language? It affects the respiratory stuff. I think, in a layman's terms, I think that I'm, that's where it's linked. I'm having it, anyway. <laughs> Whatever the, however it works, I'm not bothered, I'm having it. <laughs> I'm going to keep hold of it. We're going to pray. Lord, thank you that this bread reminds us of your broken body. Body? Body. Thank you that this blood poured out reminds us of your sacrifice. And we stand squarely on the truth of the cross, the reality of that body broken, blood poured out. Thank you, Lord. As you come forward, Kathy and Wendy have bread. First time, two and a half years. If you want bread... They will hand it to you. They're wearing gloves. They'll take, take a piece off and hand it to you. If you're not comfortable with that, there are wafers on the table. Please take one. And then take the cup. We're not coming back and drinking together. Take that yourself. Once you've taken communion, if you want prayer, go either to... Um, Di and Barbara, or to Jackie and Choi. Okay. Lord, would you come by your Holy Spirit? And Lord, have your way. Healing as we take, eat and drink. Healing as we're anointed with oil. Healing as we're prayed for. Lord, what? <laughs> Healing, Lord, in whatever way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh,